Okay, Lauren, so what is your name? My name is Lauren Grayback. What do you do? I am the owner and principal designer of Studio Piacere. Studio why the why that name? Piacere. So it's Italian. Piacere. Piacere. You Piacere. were actually one of the few people who got the pronunciation closest. Piacere. Me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Threw a little Spanish flair there, but you got Piacere. it pretty close. It means to be pleasing in Italian. Like when you meet someone, you say Piacere. And so my concept is I want to create these spaces that are welcoming to you. Every time you come home or within your case, a restaurant, you're welcomed. You're happy to be there. It's these places where you can create memories, moments, like the little little in-between things. How did you start in this? Because I guess you have to have, right, a little background. Because I see there's some people that are not necessarily trained Correct. that do it. yes. Just like the restaurant business, yep. there's some chefs and there's people that just have been in the industry for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's like exactly like a chef. There's people mm-hmm. who just have the natural talent and mm-hmm. there's an opportunity that allows them to kind of express that and yeah. figure it out. Um, and then there's people who go to school, have certifications. It's really a whole range. So my background. You I, went to school. I went to school. I have a bachelor's of science in interior design from High Point University, which is the furniture capital of the world. That's where they host furniture market. So it's like fashion week for interior yeah. design. A lot of people don't know about that market. No, and it's worldwide. People it's come worldwide, from all over yeah. the world. Um, I worked it when I was in college, so I got to be on the consumer end of it. Is it also, or is the one in, in, in Florida is called Dakota? So there, that's a design showroom. So okay. I've been to it's that kind of a smaller version of what happens in High Point, but High, High Point's Point. twice a year. That's where all the new releases come out. Something like the Dakota, I could go to mm-hmm. any day of the week and meet a manufacturer, you can, a showroom, yeah. yeah, and see everything in person. I know that, for example, um, I was trying to find a burn, burn, Bernhardt, Bernhardt, yeah, uh, bed, mm-hmm. and she was saying that she was going to buy it at the show because yes. it was a special edition bed that I was looking for, mm-hmm. and Is she it really did buy long? it, and uh, she never told me about it and sold it. The day before I went to see it. No. I was pretty pissed. Yeah. Yeah. It's not but fair. anyways, I got another bed. It's really nice. It's it fine. Is. But okay, so you start with that design. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I think is your strong suit is that you know CAD. You're my CAD daddy. You are my I CAD. Am your CAD ma- daddy. Yes, the hype man. The hype man. <laughs> yes, that is. I really do think that's very <laughs> crucial in the design business because you understand spaces a little bit better. It helps you head up a lot of problems that you typically wouldn't see. If you don't do the CAD part of it, mm-hmm. like you just started framing at Pigza right now. If you hadn't I'm laid everything- I'm fucking scared, by the way. <laughs> it's gonna be I've, been, I've been sitting there two days now. Yet, what was it? Yesterday I went, today I went. And to be honest, and I think p- people understand this, when you walk into a room and the walls are up, you think it's really small. Yes. Until you get pieces of furniture in there yes. and it makes the space look a lot more bigger and yes. accommodating. And that's the thing. But I we shit have, my pants though. But we have CAD and we have every piece of furniture scaled in there. We have the bar. We have the kitchen. So right. even though you're physically standing there and you're going, holy shit, this is small. This feels small. You know it's going to fix. We did the legwork on the front half. We did all of our problem solving. And like you said, it's this is when you don't have a designer or somebody who knows the process. This is when a lot of people freak out because you're in the middle of it. You don't have the end product in sight. You're just looking at what's right there in front of you. Well, I think restaurant design is pretty tough. Yes. Because 
and and you can correct me if I'm wrong. The 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 difficult part about it is that you want to use these materials that are super cool, mm -hmm. but at the same time you have to think about how do you keep those materials alive for the yeah. next five years, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to keep spending money on redoing it every, them every year. year. Yeah. Then then you have to think about colors, mm -hmm. right? And making sure that you don't go too far forward in the style because then you're going to go out of style really quick. Right. And it also, I mean, the big things with colors that we've been doing now is you have multiple brands under one umbrella. So each brand has their own color palette that goes with it, too. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, at the end of the day, let's talk to the people that are building a one restaurant mm -hmm. or maybe their apartment. I mean, you choose those colors. The The issue that I think is that for restaurants, every five to seven years, you got to keep adjusting. Yeah to current terms mm -hmm. restaurants sometimes leave it 20 years where you walk in and you see the same shit <laughs> it hasn't changed hasn't changed in 20 years yeah. they just clean the carpets mm -hmm. there's a few of these places in every city or town that yeah. you go to right now in our world for example in pick floyd's we do something every year mm -hmm. um and that's because i think it's very important that people realize that you are spending money on your facility and yeah. you're keeping it up and you're trying to keep up it gets people talking styles. too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, the roof that we put outside. Great addition. Great addition. And people don't shut up about it, which is great. Right, yeah. I love it. But I should have done it a long time ago. <laughs> so I feel like an asshole. It's all right. You did it now. We yeah. have it. We did it when. when <laughs> it's funny. I did it. I didn't do it before because I didn't have the money. And then I did it when I didn't have the money and it's more expensive. <laughs> but well, we had to do it. Who could have seen. COVID coming in and just driving up the prices and yeah. lead times I mean, of everything. Double, Easily. Double, minimum. Double. So, yeah. And we're going through it with Pigza. Mm -hmm. I mean, the budget, hello. I mean, because when did you first Fuck. start with the whole concept for Pigza? It was Pigza was signed December 2020. Okay. 2020. So it was still. December 2020. And what we're almost at December 2022. Yeah. And we should be done with that store probably by January. We're hoping. Hoping. I All just found out that the cooler situation is not here till December 15th. It's a construction. Never, nothing ever yeah, goes according crazy. to plan. I'll tell you what. It's crazy stuff. And, and you should explain it more to people because I think a lot of people are getting uncomfortable with this. But, I mean, lead times. It's crazy. Um, what do we do with furniture? The, yeah. Just in the furniture world, pre-pandemic, if I ordered a custom piece of furniture for a client, three to six months. That's three to six, yeah. completely brand new, from scratch. Custom. Custom. If we're going high end. Now, 12 to 18 months is not unheard of. It's just wow. tripled. It's more than Jesus. anybody could have ever anticipated. And with so much construction happening because everyone was at home and saying, I want to enjoy the space I'm living in. Yeah. You have more people doing construction. You have less facilities. You have less transportation. It's harder to get materials. And it's just become like this perfect storm. And we always anticipate everything that can go wrong will go wrong. You just have <laughs> Not to. Not this time. <laughs> but this is a whole different scale. Yeah. It's a whole different scale because now instead of you preparing for yourself to build a restaurant, let's say in six months, mm -hmm. it's now like you better look at it in a year, year and a half. Yeah. I mean, I thought that for example, Lee road was going to be quicker and you know, we've had our set of challenges mm -hmm. 
And permitting is going to take a year. Yeah. Permitting. And and that's just permitting. That's not, let's talk about air conditioning because I talked about it yesterday with the guy that's selling us the air conditioning. He's like, it's six months and hopefully we can find one earlier, mm-hmm. you know, but we got to order it now. Now, yeah. You need it. need to order it six to 12 months before you even think you're going to need it. The funny thing is that people don't consider the of the fact like, you're putting out all this money mm-hmm. without getting anything in return. Yeah. It's in the restaurant world. In a house, you're I mean, you're spending the money because you know that you have it. Or you're getting a loan to <laughs> do it. Or you're getting yeah. a loan to do it or yeah. whatever. But I mean, for the restaurant, I mean, we're expecting to get it open and to get it going. Yeah. Uh, but you're having to put money out a year in advance mm-hmm. that's basically not producing anything no. for you. So that's that's a difficult thing have when you, you think about it. Do you feel like you've learned something or attacked Lee Road differently because of all of the troubles we, or not even troubles, just roadblocks we've run into with doing Pigza? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will not sign any contract moving forward now for any lease, uh, basically, uh, that doesn't allow me to start paying rent when I get a CO. I mean, that's, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's, I don't want to do the deal if that's not the case. It's not advantageous to you. You're well, it's not advantageous to anybody. I, whoever's paying rent while they're out permitting mm-hmm. is just wasting money. Throwing it away. Right? And typically, landlords give you some sort of money, mm-hmm. right? So instead of wasting it on things like air conditioner, just waste it on rent, which gives you a little leeway to control some of the uncontrollables. Yeah. You know, like you had a situation that you didn't foresee going on with the lot that mm-hmm. we had going on in Lee Road right now. Yeah. Um, or Pigza, that you're doing a change of use that mm-hmm. basically requires a lot and back and forth with the cities. I mean, and that was a whole nother factor too, is, I mean, when we started this process, Pigza was a similar model to Pig Floyd's. And then you got a full liquor license and you oh, have yeah, to completely between, change yeah. the design, how mm-hmm. the restaurant flows, how it works. And, you know, yeah. that's not a quick, easy revision either. So that no. adds to the time. No, it it isn't. But you have to also think the opportunities there for full liquor, you got to take it. Absolutely. Right. So you can't waste that opportunity. And we did get it. I mean, pretty much in the mid of our mm-hmm. f- first round of permitting. Um, because the city of Orlando signed that basically if you had 80 seats, 1,800 square feet in our district, you can get a full liquor license. Mm-hmm. Great. We're, we're on, on, on our way. Now, imagine somebody that's paying rent for the last two years. I mean, they would have wasted 100 grand. Easily. Just there. Yeah. For the project, just sitting. And that, that hurts. That amount of money put into the restaurant it oh, could completely it, it change could do it a lot yeah. yeah it could do a lot so i mean the the budgeting part of the restaurant world i think is a very important part because mm-hmm. i'm not perfect again i thought that my budget was going to be way different but you know with time and how the project has evolved mm-hmm. obviously that's changed yes. right yeah so um i think that's very important for people that are out there that i think more than ever budgets are becoming very important yes. to look over when you're financing a project mm-hmm. because all these projects are changing I mean, even without every day, the right? variables, I say take your budget at 20 to 30%, and that's probably where you're going to add that's up. That's crazy. And that's without 
nothing changing and just you know all the covid stuff well, let's not bore us. people with all that <laughs> shit because i i imagine they're already listening to it in the news but let's 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 kind of go about of how you went designing pigza mm-hmm. um and then what was your inspiration obviously i have a lot to do with it i guess <laughs> but what i wanted to ask you like menta- mentality wise like how did you go into the project what did you think about it mm-hmm. Um, obviously we, you haven't even seen a menu very much or you haven't even tried the food. So you have to kind of understand what the vision of the person is right. and just say, here you go. Yeah. Don't try, mess to go, it up. try to go <laughs> with fun. it and, and figure it out. Like, yeah. how do you go about that? Because... I mean, I think first and foremost, and I've said this to you many times, it needs to function no matter yeah. how good it looks. Mm-hmm. If it's not going to function, If you're going to have wait staff bumping into each other, if you can't access the kitchen, it's not going to work. You need the flow to be there first. So you guys have been great with your staff at Pig Floyd's and your chef, everybody kind of having their hands in it. Because, yes, I know how to lay things out. And I said, this is going to fit and this is going to go here. But at the end of the day, I'm not in the operation. So I Mm -hmm. really lean on your people to say, this is what's going to work best for us. So that's number one. And then number two, honestly, the big thing was when we got the full liquor license. It's like, we need a focal point, and that's the bar. The bar, yeah. And the bar is kind of what everything else has centered around now when we shifted from... I mean, I think bars are very important in restaurants. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? I just I It so gives too. it life. It does. And especially at Pigza, it's central. It's yeah. the hub. Everything else kind of orbits around that. I think it's going to be a great focal point. It's got about 15 seats. Yeah. You see it right when you enter the building. Yes. You see it from every from the front. angle. You yeah. see it from the front, from the side, from Through everywhere. the garage doors. Pretty much the back is the only way you aren't seeing it. Yeah. Um, so that. And then the other thing you said is you kind of want it to have a mid-century feel. Mm-hmm. But it's how do we do mid-century without it becoming so mid-century that if it phases out, it's still going to be relevant. And that's the tough part about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because styles change yes some stuff comes back mm-hmm. mid-century came back for what's what's it been back now for I mean, three four years i'd say even five, five it's years. really when we really started to see more of those silhouettes and colors and design details coming back yeah so then really. you have to figure out what's kind of move how how are we moving forward right, right? and and it's funny because you try to go with some style but then that style dies mm-hmm. like the minimalist yes that sort of that's it, never your style though you're a more <coughs> you're a more is more guy more is more yes why because i did a lot of fucking pictures <laughs> in my bathroom like what do you mean more is more? i feel like we always whenever we go through the design process i tend to lean personally to more, more minimal more minimal yeah and you always I feel say like it's fucking cold more. yeah <laughs> so but Be- you know what it balances out it's not too far one direction or the other. I think it's a good juxtaposition. I feel that there's a lot of spaces that are kind of unfinished, mm-hmm. especially in the restaurant business. I was this weekend. I went to a restaurant in Fort Lauderdale that does big volume, and I was looking at all the tables, and it was so tight, yeah, that it was uncomfortable. I was on top of the people that were behind us, mm-hmm. but everybody loved it, yeah, because there's a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of you know. There's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. And people seem to like that. And Pig Floyd's, 
we always had that situation mm-hmm. where people thought it was loud inside, it was tight, it was small, mm-hmm. the bar is small. But I think, you know, for operations, people don't understand that for us, it's very effective because right. when you have a small restaurant, you can you can see it from every point mm-hmm. of view. Right. When you have a 200-seat restaurant, it's very hard to manage. Right. Because there's just more space. When you have it tighter, when you have less seats, mm-hmm. it's more manageable. You can do more with it. Like you said, it's just that feeling. You go into Pig Floyd's and it's not just the coziness that's in there. Like you've created for the brand. Like I haven't it has created this... anything. But you, you all have created. And... <laughs> the people you surround yourself yes. with. Like there's a certain cheekiness to it. And the music in there, you know what to expect. Like there's a certain vibe that you get when you walk into Pig Floyd's and expect. And it's. I don't like the music sometimes. But do the people that come into the restaurant like the music? I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> I just don't like the music sometimes. Why not? Because I don't think it's the right fit sometimes for the concept. Yeah. I think that's very important, but I haven't been very like. Mm. Well, that was one of the things I asked you when we were designing Pigs at like, what's the music going to be like in there? Because I feel like that's a big portion of the vibe of your restaurants. Absolutely. M- music is going to become very important in all our concepts. Yeah. I think that's that creates energy mm-hmm. and energy creates everything that goes on in that yeah. restaurant. So and that's one of the things when we were whiteboarding the initial design concepts, like what do you notice when you first go into a restaurant? Well, I, think tr- we're, I, I even said to the guy that's doing the music, I said, I want to hear music in the parking lot. It's like I Disney. Hear it, yeah, yeah. I want to hear it everywhere. Park. Yeah. Set yeah. it up. Cause people start getting in the mood as they walk up to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's crucial. Um, there was also, um, a gentleman that I met that has been an industry uh, veteran um, that he basically said that they had somebody creating their playlist for the last 10 years of the concept mm-hmm. prior for prior to them selling. Right. And then it became, you know, not important to who bought it. So, um, but, you know, everybody decides what their concept is focused on. Mm-hmm. I really think music brings... A lot out. I totally agree with you on that. Um, do you feel that it's the first thing that people look at in a concept? Or what do you think I, is the first thing people look at? I think it depends on the person. I think a different person, line mm-hmm. five people up, they're all going to notice something different. I think it's one of those subconscious things you don't realize you're picking up on as you walk mm-hmm. up to the restaurant. So no, it might not be the first thing someone recognizes or thinks about. But it's one of the first things that's hitting them and it's setting the scene for them before they even realize it's sure. happening. Uh-huh. So I think it's one of the most important things, even if it isn't one of the first things that are first recognized. I personally like I go in and that vibe you're talking about, that feeling when the tables are closed, the energy in there. I feel like that's something mm-hmm. I notice or pick up on a lot of. I also, you know, I have this my brain never shuts off design wise. I notice how things are laid out. I notice mm-hmm. where things are placed, what kind of finishes are selected. Details. Yeah, details. Exactly. I think it's like, for example, I think, and I ask you this because I think you have a different perspective on it, but plants, plants yeah. are a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue is then you have all this grease that's being cooked in the kitchen and those plants, you know, mm-hmm. all this maintenance that you have to do. That's why we go faux, faux plants. Faux plants. Yeah, yeah. But there's some people that like real plants yes. in their restaurant. Yeah. Right. So, it, it's all dependent, right? Mm-hmm. But what do you think? Faux plans are the best? I like them from a maintenance standpoint, especially in a restaurant, because mm-hmm. 
Do you have one person who's going to remember to water the plants every single week? Well, no, you can hire now companies that come and do it weekly. Yeah. Right? But a plant I'm just babysitter. saying, huh? A plant babysitter. Yes. But I mean, it's a cost. Yeah. Right? Um, so my question to you is, it, it it obviously depends on what's the vibe that you're trying to create in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Do you use fresh fresh plants that you maintain? Yeah. That you know you have. Do a mixture, check. some you fake, mixture, some real. But you need plants. Yeah. Right. Um, you need stuff on the table, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people miss. The table is uh, prime real estate. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide how you want to put the utensils. Right. What do you want to put on the table? Do you want to put? I, mean, I think at Pigs that we're trying to do. The wine menu mm-hmm. and the drink menu on placemats. Right. So you already have something to see. Something to Here's see. There's a touch point as right. soon as you sit down. As soon as you sit down yeah. and we don't lose that opportunity for you to start looking at the drink menu. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also doing tables of four that you can match right. together so that, you know, we can keep that flow of the restaurant. We're doing a lot of cool things. Yeah. Now, I ask you again, how did you go about it? I mean, what did you think about when you started? What cues did you need to know from me? The most important Let's get from into you. Lauren's head. <laughs> if I don't, if, without talking to you, when I look at a floor plan, mm-hmm. it's how is this laid out or how could it flow, flow better? Wise, yeah. Flow. That's always my number one priority. Okay. Then from there, especially with a restaurant, my next question to you is how many seats do we need? Because mm-hmm. it's not just how many can we fit? It's how many do we need to make this profitable? Well, I like to say is how many do you fit? (laughs) How many can we get in there? How many can you get in there? Like tight, tight, tight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's a big driving factor here too. Big. Um, I think another cool factor we had are the garage doors. Those are good. It's an original factor that we're reusing, even though we doubled the restaurant basically by Mm -hmm. extending it out. We're honoring those original details and creating this cool indoor outdoor vibe. I mean, we have that ability to in Florida be outdoor pretty much year round. Yep. Let's utilize it. Let's make it work. Let's make it happen. And let's make it cool. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't have to just be random windows. Like let's add a little little flair to it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's those little details that people don't necessarily think about, but they're gonna remember when they go in. Um, and then from there, it's <coughs> the branding <coughs> colors. <coughs> what do we want it to feel like? Who's our target audience? We need it to please not just, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s. We need little kids, too. Let me ask you on that. How does your design change when I tell you we need families? I think in the beginning, it's always cleanability. Cleanability, yeah. And durability. It just needs to be taken to another degree. I mean, we're we do that anyways, especially in a restaurant setting. It's going to be bleach cleanable. It needs to be like... You need to be able to wipe everything down, douse it, just have it be quick and easy and not a ton of upkeep. If you're at a restaurant that doesn't necessarily have that in mind, you might be able to get away with some different material choices Mm -hmm. just because they are willing to do the upkeep to have that kind of more luxurious level in there. Not saying that we don't have luxury, but you also don't want it to feel unattainable. Yeah. It has to be a good balance. Yep. Cleanability is a big thing also in the kitchen. Yes. That people don't realize, like all your base coats. All, what is it called? Base. base so coats? we're using Cove Base, cove which base. is there like a curve. It curves like right curve. up the wall. Yeah. So, you so can that just... you don't get that wall wet, mm-hmm. and you can use water all over the kitchen, and then the electrical plugs have to be high enough so they don't get wet. So it's been 
every detail has to be discussed yep. and chosen yep. prior, which I want to say it's very tough. It's exhausting. It's and exhausting. Yeah. People who haven't gone through a construction process, whether it be a house or renovation, mm-hmm. you know, people watch HDTV and they think, oh, this is easy. There are so many little details that need to be done in a very specific order to keep the ship moving forward and not hold up the process that unless you have people around you who have done it before and been through it before, it's yeah. stop, go, stop, go, stop, yeah, go. Yeah, it's a lot of stop, yeah. go, yeah. And I mean, even still that we have a plan, every mm-hmm. day something changes over there in the construction yeah. and we try to you know, fix it in terms of getting some of the stuff that maybe the the, the people that were designing it didn't, didn't captivate in our conversations mm-hmm. back and forth, you know, because they don't know necessarily how to work a restaurant right. the same way that an operator does, right? right? So um, you choose the materials. Mm-hmm. How do you go about choosing colors? Which is a thing that we haven't even chosen the color of the outside of the building. I don't even know the texture, right? We're going to make it special. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be a big gonna reveal. We're going to make it special, yeah. Got to keep the people guessing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we... There was a logo. I think the original colors, if I'm remembering correctly. There was some Pantone, the right, colors, with the logos. There was Pantone, um, the very first 3D rendering we have when it was past casual still. It used... The colors were very bright. Mm-hmm. And it felt a little jarring, like overstimulating. Uh-huh. Which, when you're in a restaurant, you want to be focusing on the, the food. food. Exactly. So we kind of toned it back a little bit and then once we hit but wait let me talk to you about that yeah. because i think you have italian roots right? i do yes and color is a huge thing in italy mm-hmm. even now when we're discussing plates like mismatch plates mm-hmm. all that is a big deal mm-hmm. in italy so why are you going against that because i think you don't want to look at the restaurant and just say oh it's an italian restaurant like even with Pig Floyd's, it's not just barbecue. There's a little twist to it. So you don't Good want answer. it. Good answer. Good fucking answer. I've been, I spent enough time. I've oh. learned, I picked up a few things being Good around answer. you for the past two Good years. Good answer. Yeah. It has its roots in that, but that's not its only identity. So you want okay. it to be flexible enough to please all different palettes or versions of what's going to happen in there. Because also, like you said, we're you guys are still working on the menu. You want an Italianish joint. Exactly. It's not an Italian joint. It's, it's ish. an Italianish. So the colors are ish. 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 It's what we're working on. No, it's just that I don't think that we should be placed in a box. Right. I think a lot of people place restaurants in a box. Mm-hmm. They they'll, they'll place us in Italian anyway. Right. Doesn't really matter. I mean, we we've been placed in barbecue all the time. Mm-hmm. We went through such a difficult time trying to explain to people what barbacoa was. Right. That you almost want to give up and go, hey, it's just barbecue. Whatever you think, it's it's just urban barbecue. Right. Which it's is just different. What you transition to. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I know. But I'm just saying, like, still, till this day, it's very hard to explain to somebody, what are we? Mm-hmm. So people get confused because they're expecting, I mean, that it's very traditional mac and cheese. Yet, and we do have mac and cheese now. Right. But at the beginning, for the longest time... Prior to the pandemic, I had no mac and cheese and no big beans and none of that shit. So it was like atypical. Is that a big word for you both? (laughs) But it keeps, even though you can't, people don't necessarily have you pigeonholed or say this is exactly what it is. They're coming back. 
the concept, the food yeah, is speaking for I mean, itself. Again, sure. Food is super important, mm-hmm. right? But I think your portion of the project is as important. Would you? As service, too. I mean, right. I think it's like the three. What percentage would you assign? Like how more, how much more important do you think food is and the quality over the environment in which you're enjoying it? Uh, food is 10%. You only think 10% for the food. It, this is strictly my opinion, though. Right. The other 40% of that mm-hmm. is people. Okay. And the design is 50%. Okay. You got to think, does the kitchen work design-wise? Mm-hmm. Does it flow to the seats the right way mm-hmm. in terms of how you're going to flow the service to the seat? Mm-hmm. Um, is the seating and the music and the whole thing the right ambience? Right. If you don't have that, the rest, the people and the food... I mean, yeah, sure, you can have great food and you can have great people mm-hmm. uh, working at the store. But if if it doesn't match, I just don't think it is. You don't, they don't feel like they want to come back. Yeah, I don't think the energy is there for them to like, oh, yeah, this is cool. This was a great experience. I just think we are, we are all competing against each other. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean that you do barbecue or do burgers. I think everybody competes against everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to kind of make yourself memorable in some way or some fashion well do you want to talk about the chef's table which i feel like is going to be a really cool memorable point of the restaurant uh sure yeah we can talk about the chef's table but i don't you don't think it's no i like the chef's table in the pizza restaurant Mm -hmm. i just want to make sure that that experience is the right experience also i don't want it to make it too out of control Mm -hmm. um and i think we have to measure that because there's a lot of that going on in the market right now, and it's like 300 bucks. I don't think that's right. No. So And you end up fucking hungry, and you end up at McDonald's. So, like... I mean, McDonald's has great fries, but... Yeah, they have great pizza, fries. Pizza. Yeah. Um, so, do you envision the chef's table to be a different dining experience than the rest of the dining room? Not at the beginning. No. Um, I think at the beginning, just sit there and enjoy, <laughs> enjoy watching the show. The show. Yeah. Um, I think as we develop, yes. Uh, but, again people expect that from you do have to have a plan that from the get-go everything works Mm -hmm. you have to adjust a lot at the beginning the first six months there's a lot of learning that goes into what works doesn't work what wine works what doesn't work what Mm -hmm. drinks work what don't work what people work don't work (laughs) like there's a lot of things that work or don't work right um and that's the only fear that I have with restaurants is that a lot of people try to go at the beginning when it's the worst time to go because mm-hmm. you're like trying to figure out everything. They're working out all the kinks. Yeah, all the yeah. kinks. Like, how is the oven working? Does it catch its temperature? How quick does it do? I mean, we have a small oven in the office that we try, but it doesn't work as, as the big oven is going to work at the right. store, right? So um, all those things you try to work out. But typically, you're not worked out. There's only so much preparation yeah, you can do only, until you can yeah, sure. get in there. Yeah. And then you you do your friends and family for two days. You hear all the feedback that people give you. And then you open your doors because you need money in the amount. Like, yeah. it's the real thing. You have to. Time's yeah. up. Time's up. Yeah. There's money needs to keep start flowing in. It's uh, We put too much out. So now, what are we doing? <laughs> Turn around. Open those doors. Yeah. So... We've gone through material. We've gone through, right? Mm-hmm. Music is a very important yeah. thing. Now you have the bar that you designed. Mm-hmm. Um, how 
how have you decided and obviously there's so many different designs out there for mm -hmm. restaurants like how do, how are you able to digest that and kind of formulate it into your own because i think that's very i mean obviously you go on pinterest and you choose different styles right. and you get ideas mm -hmm. but are you heavily influenced into a like into a specific style let's say so i think it really depends <coughs> on the designer there are certain designers that i feel like you go to like a kelly wurstler because she has a style she has an identity who is she she is her husband i'm not sure if it's still her husband was a hotelier and okay. she designed his hotel hotel and she is a very distinct style if you hire her you're going to her because you want that style okay the way i work or prefer to work each person is going to have their own identity and their own priorities and how they want things to function. So I like to take clues from my clients as to what they want. And I, you know, I have worked with you on other projects before. So I think the longer you work with someone and the better you, you know, know someone, them, yeah. you get to know them, you get to know their personality, you get to know their likes and dislikes. Like I know exactly what color temperature light bulbs you want in your restaurants because we have tried every single different color <laughs> light bulb. I, that, I, I'm sorry. It makes, I know but it you know makes what? me weird. Some other restaurateur might not care. They're like, I don't care, whatever light bulb. But I know working with you, you need to get this color light bulb or you're going to come in and say, switch it. 2200 Kelvin. Yes. <laughs> so I think I have that advantage now working 2200 with you. 2200 <laughs> Kelvin. There you go. It's if you want the secret. Fun fact. Fun fact. 2200 Kelvin. It's my favorite light bulb color. Just look around that area. You'll find something <laughs> that is right for the restaurant. And dim the shit. Yes. Dim it. Yeah. So nighttime. that's, I try to come in and suggest things that you might not know as somebody who's immersed in design every day. Sure. And combine it with what I know you're going to be happy with at the end. Sure. Like we've, we've. You know, obviously, as we've done the apartment, we've mm -hmm. done Pig Floyd's, mm -hmm. just, you know, with some things mm -hmm. and the outside and stuff like that. Like, all those things obviously put you in a position to understand your client. Yeah. And the issue is, again, style, right? Right. It just, you have to accommodate to their style. Mm -hmm. How hard is that for you? I think that's what makes me good at my job is I'm able to necessarily say, I, this isn't my favorite, this isn't my preference, but I recognize you might like this or this is how it could work. Mm -hmm. And if you're not willing to do that, I think there's only a certain level of success you're able to reach. When you started, you wanted to do mostly residential, correct? I did. Okay. I always had kind of an interest in hospitality, but a lot of my experience just fell towards residential. Residential. Yep. So that's, you know, that's where I'm most comfortable. I can do that all day in my sleep. Mm -hmm. So this has been great because I have done hospitality before, but a restaurant's a whole different beast. And I also think that's kind of a good trait is that I'm not just out here spitting out restaurant after restaurant after restaurant, like a firm who only does that. Mm -hmm. I'm coming in with a different set of eyes sure. and maybe giving it some more details that do give it that homey touch because I do have that base in residential. Yeah. I think companies get to a certain degree where they're just spitting out the same shit. Yeah. Um, and I feel that in the industry, for example, um, Houston's Hillstone, mm -hmm. they kind of have a lot of the same, for example, design wise yep. in their restaurants. Like they use the same design, mm -hmm. but they're not all the same. Right. Right. 
So I think that's very important for companies that are developing more than one restaurant. Right. That you you take some things that are your design, mm -hmm. but adjust it to the local market. Right. Um, and to the real estate. I mean, because not every restaurant like Hillstone is like Winter Park. Right. No. Right. The one in Manhattan isn't like that. Like, no, it's the one in San Diego yeah. or, or Santa Monica is not like that, mm -hmm. you know, and all these other concepts that they have. But they do use a lot of wood mm -hmm. um, and they keep it. I mean, they, they keep a pretty big bar in yep. um, all their restaurants. Mm -hmm. A bar is a focal point because it brings a lot of energy, I think. Yeah. Um, and now they have this rule where they only see it for people. So, I mean, how how easy does it make it? I mean, there are certain rules that I find you've adopted between your restaurants. Like you always want to see into the kitchen. I think, yes. Uh -huh. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. And that's been very important. That's part of the design is we wanted a design where – you can look into the kitchen because that's part of the energy that you got at Pig Floyd's. Yeah. So, and it works. So why are we going to try and change that? Let's apply it to the new concept, but with its own identity. So you can still see into the kitchen, but it's a different application than what you currently have. I just think that works because like when you think about your youth, mm -hmm. where did you think the majority of your life was spent? At the kitchen. Yeah. With your parents to this cooking, day, it still is. Still yeah. is, right? So it's kind of like the the focus of when when you go into a house, you're typically sitting by the kitchen. Yeah. Somebody's cooking. Mm -hmm. You're gonna eat. You're gonna drink. It's all started from there. So I always thought that the kitchen had such a great energy. Yeah. Especially when you're in the restaurant industry and you see very different styles of cooking. Right. Um, some are loud. Some are very quiet. Jason told me the other day that there's these restaurants that you can't even talk. How, how does Alenia, that work? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Al Alenia? Alenia? Alena. Uh, Alena. Alena? Alenia. Alenia. Yes. Oh. Sorry for my pronunciation. In Chicago, they don't talk. You can't talk in the kitchen. Like, it's very quiet. That's crazy to me. Yeah. It's like, do your job. Don't talk that much. If you have any questions. like. See, I hear that and I think that can't be welcoming to watch somebody have to do their job without speaking. Well, that's, I mean, that's a different experience. You right. don't see that kitchen. I mean, those kitchens are extremely clean. They're putting out very, very expensive stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can't really fuck around there. No. When you go into a fast food or fast casual, it's a different scene. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of moving around and, you know, you're frying mm -hmm. and this and I don't know. I just think when you have a lot of volume and you're doing that sort of thing that's like just pumping out plate after plate. Yeah. It's a different experience. Definitely. And it's a loud one. And I like I like to watch it. Yeah. I don't know if you like the same I experience. do too. I also feel like it comes from like our backgrounds. Like we both grew up in bigger families yeah. that got together often. They talk a lot. Everybody's loud. loud. Every so that's, you know. To me, that's comforting. To you, mm. that's comforting. Some other people who grew up with different family backgrounds might not find it so much so. But like you said, it's kitchen's the heart of the home. So you're just yeah. bringing that concept and putting it into a commercial setting. setting. Well, yeah. And, and then you have to, you know, revisit the real estate, which I think a lot of people commit the mistake that they signed these humongous spaces. Mm -hmm. And then now you have to figure out how to make that humongous space homely. Yeah. You know, how do you feel in a... 4,000, 5,000 square foot house instead of a 2,500, 3,000 square foot house. Right. It's a big difference. It is. 
Um, and I've done it in the residential part. You know, we we redid some homes in a well-off community here in Windermere, and you know, both homes were different sizes, and obviously the plans were totally different, yeah. and required totally different furniture. Mm-hmm. I mean, with one house, I remember that we spent about I think it was like three hundred grand in furniture, and the other house we spent four hundred fifty. Yeah, both houses sold, by the way. <laughs> so you're good there. We're good <laughs> with furniture. But, you know, that's that's what it requires yeah. for you to furnish a house at that level, you know. And even when you're taking your concepts and duplicating them, it's not just copy-paste. There's a lot of things that are similar. So Yeah, the real estate is different. Yeah, like Lee uh, Road. Yeah, Lee Road's different. We had a very good base for what you knew worked, what you wanted to stay the same, but you had to modify it to fit the building. Yeah, because the building is smaller, so we have less space for the kitchen. Yeah. And then when you involve to go and you involve a drive-through, mm-hmm. then you're really fucked. Yeah, because you need more space. Need a lot more space. So you can deal with the volume. Yeah, um, yeah, and that store is only going to have seating outside. Right. So then we have to get creative with how do we make this sitting, you know, that we could use it 100 percent of the time mm-hmm. and comfortable and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, that's a challenge all by itself. Um, but again. The the situation stems from just how different buildings are mm-hmm. and how different the concept stems. Like yeah. one's pizza, one's barbecue. Mm-hmm. The next one's going to be breakfast. So that's totally different to what we want from these other two restaurants. So, right. Yeah. Do you have any other projects in the works that people and where can they find you? Where can they follow you? How can they get you? So I try to get her work. <laughs> Sometimes she doesn't Call want me. it. Say, hey, I got a guy. I got a guy. I got, I got a guy a... to talk to you. Yeah. Um, I'm working on some other residential projects right now. I have a designer show house I'm applying for at the moment. So there's some cool stuff in the works but you can find me on my website which is studiopiacere.com mm-hmm. instagram studio underscore piacere mm-hmm. um a little tiktok we're kind of trying to are you doing tiktok t- we're trying to touch our feet into that see how that goes actually how have you changed your business now now let's talk about your business okay. actually how have you changed your business in the last year because I, I know you've made some changes i have made some changes you have a coach i right? have a business coach um, she specializes in only interior designers and primarily yeah. female interior designers as well. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. So it's very niche, which as a business owner, you understand mm-hmm. niche it down because that's usually where you find success. You can't want, you can't do everything all yeah. at once. You can't be good at everything. Um, so I think what she's been great at helping me see is where do you really want to focus your energy? What are the projects that are going to make you happy, bring you joy? Because at the end of the day, you know, I could very easily just be working at a firm and not have to worry about where's the next job coming from, X, Y, Z, are my taxes paid, all of, you know. Why did you make that decision not to work for a firm? Or did you? You did, right? I did. Okay. I never thought I wanted to run my own business like 10 years ago, if you had asked me. Um, And then I kept trying different firms and nothing felt like quite the right fit. I did see a lot of the volume is so high, so you just keep spitting out the same design. And uh-huh. as a creative, you want to be able to explore and try new things. You don't want to feel like deadline, 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 just push something out to get it done. Like You go into a design field because you don't want to sit at a desk all day doing the same thing. Sure. There's the field aspect of it. There's the people aspect of it. 
Um, I love it because it's problem solving and helping people, which with every job I have, I feel like those two qualities have stayed the same. Don't change. So I want to be able to work with, have the choice to work with people who I feel like, you know, need it, or I feel like my skill set will benefit them or mm-hmm. help them. Um, I also want to be able to travel a bit more, maybe not be in one city, because for mm-hmm. me, travel is a huge source of inspiration. Sure. So for me to be at my best for my clients, I need to have that feel re-energized, invigorated get that inspiration so I can come back to you. But and why say, cruise ships though? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you have to talk like, to my mom about yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. Kathy Grayback for comment, please. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call Kathy. Right Let's now. get her on the phone. Yeah. Be why like, are we do- why are we doing every cruise ship that comes out of Cape Canaveral or everything like that? It's work research for her. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 I get <laughs> and I just happen to join. go join, join on that work party, research. Yeah. It's one of the perks. One of the perks. Yeah. Um so you I'm, did go on that Virgin Cruise Line, which I'll yes. tell you that's which from a design perspective. Say say talk about that because so I think that's important. I think Virgin as a brand does an excellent job. You know, they're like Apple, Disney. They're mm-hmm. up there to me. They had Tom Dixon, who is a famous English British designer, design mm-hmm. their cruise ships. Um most other cruise companies just kind of bid out on contract and have some design firm. They have somebody notable who has a distinct style mm-hmm. and kind of fits, fits the like cheekiness of their brand. Everything is very tongue in cheek there. Every detail is well thought out. Um, and you can feel that everywhere you go. use other designers too to design different spaces in the ship? Mm-hmm. So, so it wasn't only him, right? It's primarily him. But it was yeah. primarily him, yeah. but he chose other designers or they chose other I designers? believe he had like different spaces, but he did the main ones. Cool. Um, but it's just, you know, like they have record players in their suites. So it's an ode to Virgin Records. It's like these sure. little details and touches that make you I want think a record, Virgin. I want a record player in Pigza. Put a record player? I think Peggy Floyd's needs a... Peggy Floyd's need a record player. Peggy Floyd's needs a jukebox. Is that what we need? A jukebox. Yeah, yeah, that's what we need. So being able to travel and see what other designers are doing or even. That's important. That's important to me. I think it's, you know, just product knowledge. It's what's happening in my marketplace right now. It keeps me on top of my game. So I want to be able to bring that back to the people who choose to work with me. Yeah, I think that's important. How has that business coach changed your business? Um, I think she's made me really kind of get, just sit down and internally Mm -hmm. get through all the nuts and bolts. She's very no bullshit, which I love. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, what do you want? What's important to you? Right. What's the end goal? What's like our vision? The first thing she has you do is three vision projects. Right. And are you doing something every day to work towards one of those vision projects? If you're not, what are you doing? Interesting. So I think instead of just, you know, starting a business, it's survive, 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 especially because I started my business four months before COVID hit. So it was just survival the first two years, even now. And then I've started shifting from survival to projects that I'm excited about. Does that does that change? Obviously, one of the things that I think would change in the way that you deal with your customers also, like you have to kind of put, you know, your time and your space and kind of set the rules because I, I think a lot 
of that happens at the beginning of a business. Mm -hmm. Like you forget about the rules and you're like, I'm available at every time. Mm -hmm. I'm available at, at yeah. I'm just saying it because for Pink Floyd's, yeah. it was like that. Like, kind of to be on call you, at all you hours. You have to be call on call 24 yeah. hours. And then, and then you know, as time flies and as things progress, you have to change those rules mm -hmm. and kind of like set boundaries. It, right? it becomes boundaries. It becomes time management because mm -hmm. if I'm taking on these larger projects, yeah. I know I need to dedicate X amount of time, which means I maybe need to pull time from, you know, being available 24 seven, three, six, five. Mm. So I can give my full attention and give people who hire me the full availability that they need and it also being able to dedicate my full attention to those projects and then saying you know I'm only available to do xyz mm -hmm. because I know I can't take away time from this other project in order to give you my full attention for this new one as well mm -hmm. so it's just kind of you can't say yes to everything anymore which you kind of do at first just to make it by. To grab everything. Exactly. Right? Get the experience, just go at it. Mm -hmm. Learn. Yeah, you do. It's all a learning process. Is there continual education in your business? There is. I am in the process of getting NCIDQ certified. Yes. Which, I don't know what that means, but sure. It's, nobody knows what it means. Okay, cool. <laughs> so you're not alone. Um, it's the National Council of Interior Design Qualification. Okay. Um, it's actually U.S., Canada, and I believe France as well, or wow. you can take it in French at least if anybody knows French and wants to take it. And what that does is it's like Esquire or doctor after your name. It's the interior design equivalent of that. Okay. So it's What do they put after your name now? NCIDQ. Oh, so you just oh, – You just oh, like okay. add that as your professional – designation commercial real estate there's ccim yeah so just like that in restaurants there's uh i guess chef <laughs> what does I don't jason know what have after his name should we add some letters for him <laughs> executive chef <laughs> so what that does it's based more towards commercial design sure. i will say that mm -hmm. so like in the example of pigza all the furniture i selected all the finishes i picked uh-huh I currently have to have an architect sign off and say, these meet fire code and life safety ratings. Okay. Just because the general public's gonna go in there. It's pretty much saying, I picked a chair that if there is a fire, it's not gonna burst into flames in 30 seconds and it's gonna give people time to get out of the building. Right. Um, if once I have this NCIDQ certification, I'm able to certify my own drawings, at least in the state of Florida. Oh, wow. It varies state by state. So it's basically just saying, I have the design background. So the degree, you do have to have a degree. You have to have 2,500 hours working under a licensed interior designer okay. before you're even eligible to sit for it. Oh, wow. So it's usually two to three years out of school before you even become eligible for it. That's good. Yep. And then from there, it's just saying I've taken the time to know these things, to hold myself to a certain standard professionally. And once I have that, I just take CEUs few times a year and i have that for the rest of my design career do you think that gives you added capacity in terms of the customers that are going to be looking for you absolutely like yes. if i was to stay in just a residential sector uh -huh. it's not necessary it's great to have but not a necessary qualification but working in commercial hospitality it's going to give me the ability to bid for more projects or sure. have the opportunity um, without necessarily having as many people on my team to certify my work more or less. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. So did that coach help you get into that position that you wanted that or I you wanted that from the beginning? Of, I always kind of wanted that just because it's my personality. That's your thing. Yes. I'm very yeah. goal oriented, hard on myself. So kind of felt if I was going to do it, now is the time. Really? Yeah. So. Are you moving or are you not moving? I am moving. I don't know. You haven't confirmed. I'm moving. When are you moving? Thanksgiving. Oh, that's official? That's official. My apartment's rented. Why are you moving? I want to be closer to my family. All right. Um, I grew up right outside New York, so that's where they are. Do you feel New York has a better understanding of how style is changing and evolving quicker than I don't think they have Florida? A, necessarily a better understanding. I think they just adopt it quicker or mm. are the first to adopt it. And then it kind of radiates out from there. Mm. So I feel like there will be more opportunity to do the kind of style that I personally like more in that area. I think it's a little more well understood than mm -hmm. Orlando. Um, not to say there aren't great design opportunities in Orlando. No, no. Yeah, I'm, just, but, I'm just saying yeah. that New, I know New York captivates a lot because it's a city. Yeah. Right. It's an urban mm -hmm. environment. There's a lot of people in a very tight Yes. Um, but I space. love that. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's great. the energy factor. It's the energy yeah. factor. It's everything. But once you see that, I think it gives you a lot of perspective with design, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because you see that working with a lot of volume mm -hmm. because New York has a lot of people. Yeah. So you have to make sure that everything that you design there works and in a very tight space yeah. because real estate is so expensive yes. there. Like I helped one of my friends lay out the furniture for her apartment in the West Village. Uh -huh. The things you don't think about that we are so lucky here, like Florida, there's a double door. There's a service elevator. You can get a sofa up it, no problem. We had to make sure her sofa could be disassembled to get it down the hallway and through her front door and then reassembled inside because the space is so tight. That's crazy. Like it's just an extra layer. It's an extra layer Extra of stuff, piece to the yeah. puzzle that you have to figure out. Yeah, the cost even over there. Yeah. I mean, to build a coffee shop over there, it takes about a million and a half dollars mm -hmm. for a 1,500 square foot say, coffee shop. It's going to be shop. tiny. Yeah. yeah, super tiny. And over here, I mean, we're spending the same amount, obviously, for a full, full service. Restaurant. Yeah, a full service restaurant. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to see, obviously, how different cities carry different costs and different yeah. requirements. So that's why your business is, is going to be around for a long time. Yeah, there's... It's a luxury to have an interior designer, for sure. It's a luxury. Uh, uh, it's not a necessity, and I recognize that. Yeah, but, but it's becoming more of, more of a thing, right? It is. Because I, I feel like people people have, after the pandemic, they figured out that, you know, they want their house to be ready in yes. any situation that they want to have, you know, for family mm -hmm. gatherings, or if they have to live in their house and stay there for a long time. Yeah. Can they work out of the house now? I think a lot mm -hmm. of people make those changes. Yeah, home offices. Know, home offices. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. It's huge change, right? Mm -hmm. And also, like, how often people are doing reconstruction or renovations in their homes. I think I mean, that's I'd changed more now. Every 10 years would be, if you're really keeping up with trends, residential-wise, people do it about every 10 years. Yeah. Commercial and hospitality, it's like on a five- and 10-year cycle, typically, and that's standard. And I think residential is kind of almost adopting that similar pattern that more commercial properties are. The funny thing is we set the money apart every year. Mm -hmm. People don't know that. But we have to set basically a budget of about twenty to $30,000 a year mm -hmm. for this renovation to happen in the future. Yeah. 
Um, so there's that extra profit that you have to make so that you set that money apart because it's coming. Yeah. Or you finance it at the time mm -hmm. when you do it. And then here we are again paying every month. So, I mean, it's expensive to do those yeah. type of things. And people don't consider it when it comes to a home. Like you buy a home and you have to consider the fact that you're going to have to renovate it and spend money on it yeah. in 10 years. Before that, probably. Before that. <laughs> Unless yeah, it's a new like, build. Yeah. That's why I like condos i think it's a lot easier to operate mm -hmm. and the building takes care of a lot of the things but when you have a home you have to keep spending money on it yeah it's it's so necessary it's never ending well great thank you thank you thank you for coming absolutely i hope this gets you a bunch of customers oh, thank you so much Me too hey thanks for watching i'm gonna sit here till you subscribe Hello? Subscribe.